0: Hi, and welcome to the Theology Box, a podcast dedicated to seeing how God fits into the world we live in. We hope you enjoy your time with us today, where Theology is the conversation. Hey, everybody, thank you for um, joining us for the Theology Box. And uh, on the show, we have Richard Liotard. 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 And uh, Richard actually helped. Uh, produce edit compose um, finalize spiritualize (laughs) so Richard did all those icing things to a little thing that I tried to write and then we ended up not using it except for maybe some of the ideas into the theme show music so everything that you've heard every week up until this point has been through Richard's capable hands. Richard um has his bachelor's in composition from Azusa Pacific University Mm -hmm. and is a member of well no he's not a member but an attendee of the Free Methodist Church Mm -hmm. out in Azusa as well which is located next to APU which is how I know him and um, so we'll be talking about creativity with Richard and get some insights into how the um, how he views the creative process based on his thesis paper for his bachelor's degree, but also um, on any particular Mm -hmm. subject you want to, um, like, specific project that you'd like to talk about. But before we do all of that, why don't you
1: tell us a little bit more about yourself? All right. Well, with an intro like that, I don't know where to begin. Um, I think for me... Let me go to my earliest memories of music. So I w- discovered music actually watching uh, Disney's Fantasia. And I was just mesmerized by the marriage between visuals and sound. And I just that just had a lasting impact for me as a kid. And um, it wasn't until I hit middle school that I actually got involved with music. I I remember playing my first note and there was just this sense of, I created that. I was, I started as a bass player. So I played, you know, the low E string and it just resonated. And there was just this notion of that. And I created that. Like, like, wow. Right. Just this child, childlike wonder of just that came from me. And, um, I, st- I think that's the thing that really propelled me to continue music and I, um, in high school I joined the band and became a tuba player and that just further propelled my love of music because it was during this time I was just exposed to different styles of music and it just kind of solidified that this was something I wanted to do as a career. And um, you know this podcast is about creativity and um it's just it's a hard thing to narrow down because i think you have to be creative to even think about creativity because it's right it's something that um you know it's where does it come from i think that's something as every artist you know tries to discover of just why do i paint the images i paint or create the sounds i create and it's um it's something I'm still trying to figure out. It's something that I feel every true artist um evaluates and reevaluates based on their season of life and um I don't know it's you know this is a theology podcast, so obviously God is involved, and I do believe that in creativity, God is definitely involved you know you think of uh the genesis account of actually god creating creation and um when you read that passage it is after god created he says it is good that thing of yeah after you bring something into existence just kind of looking t- taking a step back and just admiring it and i think for me um Music is very much that way. It's a, it's a thing that I labor. I evaluate constantly. Is this what I want? Is this the sound? You know, for your um, theme, I, I try to take it as, I try to keep the integrity of just, this is something that Will liked. This is something that he found good enough to give to me. And in order for me to do it justice, I need a respect. And I feel creativity, one form of that is respecting someone else's creation.
0: Right, and so that's kind of like the collaborative aspect of create creative. Um, and really, in, in some way, we're all collaborating on any creative uh-huh. project. You know, yeah. it's, you didn't design the bass guitar that you love to play, uh-huh. although you could probably imp- influence uh, redesigning it or in- oh, yeah. improving it, or uh-huh. you know, but and same thing with um this the theme sh- song for the show it's um it's half an improvisation by me but also a, a bit of a intentional usage of a chord from a joke um where uh, i guess i could tell the joke it's yeah. like, what's what's god's favorite chord oh i don't know jesus right and so that's the joke that i told you and um yeah, that's um, so. I just wrote a song in G sus, which I don't. I don't know if that's really a good chord to write songs in because uh, it works. It works, works okay. It works. Right? Yeah. It's, it's a little funky, um, but um, yeah, um, it's funny because when I was talking to Mark, we we're talking about poetry as mm-hmm. well as uh, books that we're writing, and um, we kind of viewed the creative process as this this project right that you're working on to um it's the it's the changing of it as you go to produce whatever it is that you're going to end with that that's the creative thing Mm -hmm. is that you're there's something in front of you to work with and you work with it and there's something about writing it that shapes and molds and you're and you feel the creative act in it Mm -hmm. right and um yeah, I thought that was really good. And then um the, the 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 scriptural theme for this, I since we were talking about poetry last time, and maybe there's a verse that you know that like kind of inspires you to do mm-hmm. music. Yeah. There probably is, right? There is one. I don't know if I can exactly quote it, but I could paraphrase okay, it. Okay, we'll paraphrase yeah. it. But so yeah. the one that we had was um from Ephesians two ten. And uh I <laughs> I tried to find this in the common English Bible. But it's even a further step removed from the original Greek word. Um, But um, maybe it still carries some of this idea of labor uh, molding. And then finally, what are we doing it all for? Um, It says, instead, uh, we are God's accomplishment created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for these good things to be be the way that we live our lives. And... um, Whereas the older versions are a little more poetic, I think. Um, like we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus mm. to do good works be prepared for us beforehand. So um, that word for workmanship or in the common English is um, also where we derive the word poem. Mm. So we're God's poem or his masterpiece, some other translations. Yeah. Uh, workmanship, accomplishment. Um, yeah, and so I think that idea of um, creating a song or creating a uh, a poem or a story, we we, in as much as we mold and shape the thing to produce something, right? Mm-hmm. God is doing that with us, and we can share in the process of His creation. I by like being, that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah. a really cool insight I th- to have. And um, I do like the way that the common English ends the verse with that God planned for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. And um, I'd, I'd have to look at the original language to like say, if I totally agree with that's what the Greek says, but mm-hmm. since I don't care as much, I just kind of like the way it says it because yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. Re- regardless of it, it lines up perfectly with the Greek that um, that like God has a plan for us to live a way to produce what, you know, to produce righteousness. And, um, I think Mark was kind of hinting at joy and peace, um, that we can choose to use the ingredients of love and joy to live and experience those things daily. And, uh, and, and that way we take part. But so do you have a, a favorite verse,
1: I have many. Um, well, no, as yeah.
0: applies to music
1: and creativity. And music and creativity. Um, when you said workmanship, that resonated with me because when you think of workmanship, it's a craft. It's a skill. It's something that you need to be skilled at. And the fact that God in his workmanship created us. You know, we were fearfully made it's like we're an expression of God's skill exactly and you, you, you think of like the imago Dei and the, the image of God the fact that like we're his creation we're his art and the fact that each one of us is uniquely made that's something that is a good indication of creativity God is a being who doesn't like um, the same thing he likes variation you see in creation just so many different species of plants but to the co- to the common eye we think it's the same plant and then you think of rocks and how that there are rocks that are due to pressure they change and due to at the atmosphere just the fact that there are all these factors that create variation and for me variation and creation are th- those are the things that they go one. They go hand in hand. And to go back to scripture, I feel that I don't know, I for me, being a composer, I really resonate with Genesis, just the account of Je- of um God saying it is good, and at the end, Him saying it is very good. Mm-hmm. Just this affirmation of to create is. In essence, to be kind of like a sub creator of the creator, mm-hmm. the fact that we yeah. have the fact that we have these mm-hmm. desires to just create. Like when I create music, it's <sighs> this might sound a bit weird, but um, it I definitely <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I feel funny. like um, never never lead in
0: with this is gonna. Yeah, no, well, I'm just I do it all the time. <laughs> just –
1: but well, maybe the analogy you guys yeah. will understand, but um, it is like you know when you think of, um, you know, birth and the whole th- idea of like <laughs> the, the 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 whole idea of like procreation and like the the fact that like there's something there that has to grow and has to you know be nurtured, and I feel like any art since I'm a musician I will talk about the musical aspect of just you need a labor and I think that relationship of just yeah I'm going to labor to bring to birth something that is distinct and unique well yeah and
0: I actually I I like that analogy too because there's also this aspect of um, you've now m- maybe all be the one to make it weird but like there's the sexual act right uh-huh. so that's th- that's enough talking about that but <laughs> through that act um if um if a if a woman becomes pregnant then there's that gestation period mm-hmm. where you are um outside of like okay well for the male um there's really not much left for you to do in the sense of like how that period's gonna go like you're it's not about what you eat it's about what your wife eats it's not about how you exercise it's about how your wife exercised and although so although there's this Still indirect act of if you take care of yourself you'll be taking care of the child and you do need to do a little more to take care of yourself because your body's being depleted of resources yeah. as the child's growing Um outside of that it's more just like care and nurture but wait wait yeah just in, keep investing in that mm-hmm. that self care the care for the child and the making sure you eat the right things and you know um i guess although not always but to some extent that there is still like that secondary influence of you know the the guy can go out and um maybe not not earn money cuz a a, a a female can definitely earn money while she's pregnant but you know he he's going to be more mobile as the yeah. time goes on and he can be the one that runs to the store or you know cares enough to something if he's a good, a good dad, you know, and he actually cares about the the woman which unfortunately in our society isn't always the case, you know no. just, um, and, and, you know, it's like, you know, a woman doesn't really need a man to have the child but I feel like it's a pretty good bet to say that having a partner is going to feel like you have a partner in this right, and that's yep. a good feeling, right okay. so, um um, which kind of hints back at collaboration, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I do like the imagery of of giving birth because you do because the concept of skill um, and the creative process and the need to nurture the skills mm-hmm. that you're going to use for whatever yep. they are, you have to keep adding to them. And no, you're not going to write your opus. Is that am I using yeah. that term right? Uh, right the yeah. first for your first, you know,
1: concerto. Yeah. I I, I agree with you Um, you know you mentioned patience and I think every good artist needs that Mm -hmm. you mentioned nurturing we need the patience to whatever our craft is to just work on it and be like you know I suck right now but eventually it's going to be one day where I'm going to look at myself and be like that's quality work Mm -hmm. Um, there's a quote that uh, from um, Ralph Walder Emerson that I remember very early on in my musical career, and it says he says um, every artist was at first an amateur. Yeah, and I think that if you know that, because I know there's many people who want to enter the music profession or you know creative writing, and they're just so uh, terrified of just like this is all this competition. What if nobody likes my work? And I feel that if you have the discipline and the patience to learn to the best of your ability your craft god's gonna do the rest
0: yeah well and that actually point actually kind of gets at um the paper that you wrote hmm. in an indirect way um your paper was about the music what is is music actually versus what is music as product is yes is that fair to say
1: that's the yeah. yeah
0: it's in the ballpark it's in the ballpark right yeah. And but what you mentioned because when you said that um, you said um, that you know every artist is an amateur and that it's going to take a while to produce something I was thinking yeah but you know there's so much overnight you think of a guy like um, I don't know Justin Bieber mm. I, I you know He's 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 gifted and talented and whatever, but his success comes from the producers well um okay. He
1: did have YouTube success. Yeah, first. his his success came from good marketing, good advertising. Well, not
0: just not just because I would say that YouTube is before YouTube became what it is today, mm-hmm. it was much more focused on the unknown and the amateur. Now it's like clips of the tonight show. True. And yeah. So um Justin Bieber happened to hit the YouTube market at the right time because every, that's what we were all looking for on YouTube. I, I remember I would watch um, uh, Mika Kitty and um, just, oh, there just, there was so many, there's just, they were all amateurs, but there was something about their honesty and their bravery to like sit in front of a camera, just be themselves. Right. And then, now Bieber, you know, he got picked up by the record label and it's become, he's become a master of music overnight. Well, no, he he's not. <laughs> the the, the producer is behind him, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the same thing goes for a lot of uh what you would think are young celebrities. Is that it's not far off to say that there's a lot of talent in their music. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen to be the front man that's the talented yeah, one. Yeah, you know, like yeah. usually, usually. Um, and you can you can see that in in artists that have potential that um, grow naturally the difference between like their first and last album Mm -hmm. when it's really them writing the music you can hear the change and the evolution and like their sound Um, but when it's like a product like a NSYNC or Backstreet Boys Mm -hmm. every album sounds just as tight as the first one because it's all it's created for the consumer and they know what's gonna sell yeah Hmm.
1: Essentially, for my paper, I argued that there is music as a metaphysical state of being, and then there is music as more of a tangible, sellable product. Now, I guess to relate to the whole idea of consumerism and how music can be seen as a product, and you should write music for the sake of it, be sold um, I feel that robs the creative aspect because to be creative there needs to be an individualistic unique approach to whatever it is you're creating if you're creating for the sake of just selling something you're not being creative you're following a blueprint of oh we need to have you know an A section that's 16 bars mm-hmm. and then we're going to go to a bridge that is a different a contrasting style, and then we're going to bring it back and we'll add some groovy beat and have, you know, a catchy tune or whatever and that's the product. Right. And that that has been selling and that's why they keep doing it but I feel as a composer and also as a performer myself, I feel do, they're... Do they,
0: do, does that also break down into like... Mm- qualities of, like, melody and tone? Yes,
1: yes. There is, um, in my paper, I referenced a guy by the name of um, Leonard Meyer, and he he wrote a book in the 50s about uh, musical meaning, and that was something that I read and was just blown away by because he says, essentially, that culture has a lot of influence on how we perceive music whether it be how we interpret it or w- how we find it pleasurable now i guess in the you know this current pop culture that we're in um there is a certain expectation of if we turn on the radio there's a certain type of music we want to listen to mm. and i feel that you know if that is your cup of tea by all means drink it but i feel that there are some people that feel that you know music doesn't resonate as well you think of you know I could think of you know you mentioned Sync" and the Backstreet Boys they were very popular for their time but I feel like for the overall population they have gone by the wayside because their music wasn't as memorable
0: well it's not memorable and it's replaced it's replaced yeah any it's because it's more like I, I think with bands like that it's it's um, oh gosh, there's the South Park episode uh-huh. where uh, I think it was one of those. I probably shouldn't talk about South Park on the show, but <laughs> it was so funny. Um, it was like, in one well, in one sense, the South Park show is doing it in a vulgar way, but in another sense, like they're absolutely right about whatever they're saying. Um, and what are they saying? They're saying that you know, like those bands that appeal to. Um, like in NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, they use young men to physically attract like young people that don't know really what music is or just starting to listen to sounds, and now they see this like super cute guy or you know for for young men like Nicki Minaj and she's gonna entice them with her you know physical yeah. attributes or Katy Perry for instance, but um. The point of all that so it's really it's sex that sells yeah basically and you can attach that f- musical filter to the next young group of 18 to 24 year olds yep. and the the NSYNC and Bakshi boys in their 30s nobody cares anymore because yeah. they're in their 30s yeah and that was never why they listened to NSYNC in the first place so um
1: <laughs> yeah it's so yeah yeah um it's funny you mentioned that because that is marketing that's and everything you said is marketing i'm just yeah we need to have somebody that we're going to target and then we're going to have you know let's say the backstreet boys as we were talking about them and just the fact that Appearance cells. You mentioned sex cells. It's something that I feel sometimes, well especially in a lot of pop music today, it's more important than the actual music. You think of going to concerts, and there's this whole em- um, emphasis on the visual effect. What is, what are the performers wearing? What is, you know, the stage guys, the light crew? What are they doing to em- um, further enhance the music? But at that point, is it really music? Mm. Are you going there for the joy of hearing music or is it just a spectacle? Mm -hmm. And um, I actually didn't talk about this in my paper, but it brings up an interesting point of what do you value? Mm -hmm. Because for for music, for being creative, there is a certain value that draws you to this thing. You know, you mentioned Pop music, and then we have rock music. There is a there is a very clear border of people who listen to either one of those. Now, um, I didn't talk about this in my paper.
0: A border between people
1: who listen to pop versus versus rock, yes. Okay. And um I know that, especially for that border for the rock people, they wanted music. To be their own, it was something that would get you through a day. Um, they, you know, you think of like the greatest, no, no, guitarists in rock. They had their signature thing, and they had these awesome solos that we could, you know, if we put a, if we put a classic rock song, you would probably be able to sing the solo because it's so memorable. Mm-hmm. But um, that idea of creating for the sake of creating wanting to be heard wanting to have a voice sticking it to met to the man as they would say in back in that day but um it's it's changed because I feel people aren't willing or brave enough to take risks yeah
0: well and I think that um well they do take risks but it's in clothing or in attitude and I think that um like what you make a really good point um but I, w- I would also, so I think that one of the things that we can kind of ask or um, kind of is that there's the performance of music as a musical act, mm-hmm. and you're kind of a purist, so you're 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 in that camp. But then there's also the performance of a performance that involves music. Yes. And I think that there is um, that people don't appreciate the the line between the two because when it becomes performance for the sake of the performance like uh kendrick and i were talking about tool at mm-hmm. church and they do put a lot into the stage production and the visual quality and aspect but they're what they do musically is creative to the point of like new you know it's progressive rock right so so they put the music mm-hmm. forward and the creative process of like designing it and making it like whatever they wanted to um really make it sound like they they really push the the envelope on the music, but then out of it like the the guitarist is an artist, so mm-hmm. he starts thinking of things visually to accompany the album, and then that gets blown and blown up into this like huge stage production where um people i don't know it's a really intense experience it's really enjoyable but um like that's the artists doing it. And even if you don't like that band or never heard of it or don't agree with them, you can at least appreciate the our artistry of it, you know, versus um, you have like the performance for the sake of performance and the performances for the sake of selling records. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if you're, if you're doing, if you're performing this thing because you know that you have a method and formula, That sells. Mm -hmm. Then all you're all you're doing is offering um, an empty glass. And and now a band like Tool, which I was talking about, I think at the end of the day, philosophically, they're offering an empty glass, but they don't think of it that way. So at least I can respect the glass, even if it's empty. Anyway, um, uh, before we go, um, Mark this is Richard Richard's Mark Martin did you know that Mark was the guy that I've been doing the podcast with I this did, whole time no. okay so I just wanted to like kind of introduce Mark in that way on air and uh, maybe Mark can say hi since he's here well hello is uh, certainly a pl- pleasure to meet you Richard likewise I'm, I'm glad the, to be part of this collaborative effort there we go we didn't even talk about collab or did we talk about collaboration we mentioned we it earlier. Mentioned it. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> comes full circle. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, anyway, that's cool to get that on air. Well, let's talk about this.
1: Um, this is a theology podcast, so what would God have to say about this? I feel like you know we're all focused on the individual, the human aspect of what is music, and then we have. You know what does God say music is? You know we have a thousand years worth of church music, worship music, mm. that you know in today's age just gets swept under under the table. But I feel that music should empower people, and how you feel empowered is going to change because it is an art. It's very subjective. But I feel like if you're just changing. People's minds, hearts for the better, then music is serving its purpose. Or if you're having this relationship, this communication, you know, we have songs and then we have instrumental stuff. I feel if both have the ability to make a connection, then that is music has served its purpose as opposed to just being something that is a commodity.
0: I think the intention, right, is something that we've been, (laughs) stepping around the idea Uh of is like what's the intention Um, and I think that's kind of also what um, to go back to the verse in Ephesians and even kind of like you hinted around Genesis and I think even a little at Jeremiah with what you were saying about uh, being wonderfully made and then God calling it good the things that he creates and then um, in Ephesians that were created to walk in the steps that he's planned, yes, right, and and to do good things, basically, right, and um, so, th- so then shouldn't also our creative acts be towards, um, good, yes. you know, and, and maybe we don't understand exactly what that means, but you can cr- you can write like, Handel, Handel, yeah, Handel, yeah, he, H- Handel or Handel or Handel, Handel is German, Handel. Handel. Yeah, uh, the Messiah pieces, mm-hmm. or I don't know the whole thing, but Messiah. I know that when we play it at the APU qu- uh, Christmas yeah. choir, mm-hmm. everybody stands up, mm-hmm. and there's a reason, you know. And I remember the first time I heard it, I Jesus could have returned right then. Yeah, and I would have been like, <laughs> "This is very fitting." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was expecting it, and then you know it didn't happen, and so here I am. But um. <laughs> Income. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like the the intention of music and also so but it's not just intention, it's also the act of laboring over your child yes. or you know nurturing what's growing inside of you or what you're creating and mm-hmm. um and and then after you give birth it kind of shapes continuing to shape the story until it becomes something. And so it's actually interesting that the depiction of um Um, all the way from this idea we kind of hinted at with, well, that we talked directly about, about gestation into infancy into childhood. You know, the creative act, the things that we create go through those stages just like we do. Exactly. Being God's creation. And I thought that was kind of some really neat parallels to draw together. So, um, so I just want to say Thank you for your time, Richard. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Yeah, and um, we'll, uh, we'll do this again next season. Okay. And until then, everybody, thanks for tuning in to The Theology Box, where theology is the conversation. And uh, thanks again, Richard. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to The Theology Box. I want to thank my co-host, Mark Miller, as well as our music producer, Richard Liotto. Our artist, Phoebe Sugo at sugo.studios on Instagram. And Megan Napier, who manages our Facebook, where you can reach us directly. Again, this is your host, William Carroll. Uh, Thanks, and may the peace of the Lord be with you.